Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Dr. Deepa Descartes with us today, who graduated as a medical doctor from Manchester University in the United Kingdom, coming from a traditional conservative immigrant family. She faced significant challenges in obtaining her professional status. She trained as a family physician, but also obtained more qualifications in obstetrics. How do you say that word? Obstetrics. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Gynecology and pediatrics. In addition to being a physician, she is well known for being an entrepreneur. Her business activities have ranged from family practice, cosmetic clinics, both residential and commercial, real estate, public speaking, medical journalism, and business consulting. She's been very involved in physician recruitment and has recruited many doctors at Cambridge and Kitchener. To that end, she was awarded the Women of Waterloo WOW Award. Not only was she the first to establish a cosmetic clinic in Cambridge, but for 12 consecutive years, has been rated by the fan favorite of the Reader's Choice Awards. Her passion for medicine has given her the ability to develop relationships with her clients and to help her learn the client's needs to help them gain their desired results. Future endeavors include increasing her involvement in teaching and training, as well as doing research on anti-aging medicine. She is currently interested in the role of medical cannabis and other holistic products in skin and overall wellness. With COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, the Ministry of Health reduced some of the restrictions around providing virtual care for family medicine in Ontario. With this in mind, she launched Virtual MD, an Ontario-wide virtual medical practice to serve family practice needs. This is a rapidly growing, scalable medical service that will transform how healthcare is delivered. Currently is piloted in Ontario and has tremendous growth. The future involves partnering with other health service providers to become Canada's premier virtual center. Deepa, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jesse. It's a pleasure. Yeah, this is such a this is such an awesome time to have this conversation with you because I think one of the things I think is so extraordinary with what you have going on is you're in the same process as everybody where you're making this massive adjustment because of COVID-19. And so being, I'm sure, just day-to-day practice has changed. But you also have this huge entrepreneurial side where you're making this business adjustment adjustment too and how you serve your people. So maybe we'll start with first just, I think everybody's going to probably want to know, COVID-19, how has it impacted day-to-day practice? Are you seeing more people? Are people coming in a little more scared? Or uh, people, are you seeing a lot of people having symptoms of it? Well, in Canada, we've actually been very fortunate. We, you know, caught things a bit early and, and are able to flatten the curve a lot better than a lot of other countries. And we touch wood, we don't know yet that there may be a tsunami awaiting to hit us yet. However, we have been very good. But to that end, we've been extra careful. We've been under lockdown way before a lot of other places, which means like everybody else, we've had to have a massive change in the way we practice. Mm-hmm. Patients are scared, we're scared, but um, fortunately, especially for my practice and, and, and a lot of the younger doctors, that we've got people's emails, we have ways of contacting them, we can do mass emails, and that way we've been able to quickly transfer over and have virtual, which either telephone or uh, by computers, um, video conferencing, and be able to inform all our patients. The biggest problem has been smaller practices or walk-in clinics who don't actually have people's contacts or smaller practices with mm. old physicians. Keep in mind, most physicians in the world are older. Like there's more physicians are older than they are younger. They weren't cut out to do that. And more family physicians are older. So how do they contact their patients? Lots of patients with no laughter. 
Well, I didn't think about that. There's really that big of a discrepancy in age with physician practicing. Yes, because a lot of the older physicians aren't comfortable. Well, they don't even have a way. They don't use electronic medical records even. A lot of them use paper-based records. They have no way. Wow. We've spent the last, you know, whatever, 10 years collecting people's emails. And every single time, if you came to my clinic, you'd be getting annoyed with double check your emails, double check your emails. And we send email blasts for the flu season. We send email blasts to say, put sunscreen on. You know, we, we do that. It's a normal part of my practice, but not so with a lot of practices. And then mm. Canada being a little bit different from the US, we have more restrictions around technology in that we haven't been able to do telephone consultations or even video conferencing as smoothly as you could in the States. I went to a, a huge telemedicine conference in Minneapolis a few years ago, and I met a lot of the, my American colleagues. And I was really jealous because there's a lot more technology which is HIPAA approved for privacy, but Canada with its own ideas doesn't want HIPAA technology. They want HIPAA technology, which is some Canadian version of HIPAA. And so it's good enough for the president, but not good enough for us. And then there's no companies in Canada which make that technology. So you're kind of caught like it exists, but we can't use it. But because of COVID, it's actually been in a way transformative. They've had to accept and say, mm. Roxy, it's American, that's good enough. This one's good enough. We can use other people's technologies that before were going through hoops and hoops of bureaucracy and not getting approved. And now that's opened up every everything for us, really made things so much better if we can actually change. And that's the big thing. How many people can actually change? A lot of doctors may just retire and not change with the times. We're not like other people. Doctors aren't like um, other kind of business people or stockbrokers or people who work in offices. We're very used to hands-on. Yeah. A lot of doctors don't even know how to use um, Facebook. It's, they don't know what it is. I, I actually have a doctor friend who's a couple of years younger than me. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a cell phone. Like, so this is kind of, because you see, when we go into the office to work, we interact with people. From the minute we walk into the office to the minute we go back, we don't do it, need to do anything. We use a pen and paper to make notes. We don't in my office. So this is ideal for me, but you know, it's, a, it's going to be a big change. So the change, you answered your question. Yes, people are scared and less people are coming in. They're not going to the walk-in clinics. Hmm. So these walk-in clinics are empty. They're, 20, they're from 20%, from 100% to 20% now. They're empty. Wow. And the hospitals are also not very busy at all. We haven't had a rush of COVID. We've just had a crazy lockdown where we're all in jail at home. And uh, so what happens is if you've got one of these doctors who doesn't have any way, of, you have no way of contacting or talking to them, you're lost. And hence virtual clinics, you know, wow. where everybody call me then. I'll try to help find your doctor or solve your problem and phone in your prescription. How, how, how meaningful has that been for your patients to be able to have that access to you, to be able to have that contact point with you? Because I'm just, I had no idea the discrepancy was that massive. And I can imagine that that must magnify itself, you know, have shockwaves down it where the difference between somebody who has a relationship with their doctor and feels like they're still able to access you through communication versus the one who now feels totally disconnected in the middle of this pandemic where they don't know where to go, who to go, and since they can't talk to their doctor, they're left to the, the expertise of WebMD or something like that, the Google, Google Diagnostics. How, how meaningful has it been for your patients to have that access? See, my patients 
are very happy. They're, they're in a perfect position where they have me and they have all my doctors. So what we've been doing is we've been stepping out, myself and a couple of the doctors, to look after those people, the people you're talking about, who are now like WebMD. No, no, you search us, you know, we'll be online, they can talk to me. Even though I'm not their doctor, I can at least, I am a doctor, or I can possibly find their doctor if I have to, I have a better way of finding their doctor than they do, and I can call their pharmacy, I can approve their refill. So it's for my patients, I've never met so many grateful people that I have in the last month. It obviously means a lot to them to say, oh, thank God, oh my gosh, thank God, somebody's still going to look after me. Do you feel the relationship dynamic changes with them being able to talk to you from the comfort of their home versus having to go to the office? And, and I'll, I'll preface that by saying, I, I've always felt when I go to the doctor's office in the traditional sense, right? You go in, there's the reception area, and then you're kind of hurry, sitting and waiting and just waiting, waiting, waiting. And I'm super type A with no patience whatsoever. So when it goes to be 20, 30 minutes late, I start to lose my mind anyways. But more than that, I think I look around and see other sick people and my head starts to go, oh man, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. So I, I, have you noticed that with people do they feel more comfortable? Do they feel more appreciative of being able to do it from their home versus having to go into a clinic and do it? I think, I mean, that's massively a case right now because right now who wants to go out, especially who wants to go to a doctor's office? I mean, that's a lot. And actually, to be honest, in real life, we shouldn't be doing that either. But even in COVID, nobody wants to put, be near a sick person and doctor's offices is where they would congregate the sick people. So you wouldn't want to go there. What I'm finding on a slightly different slant is People are finding that it levels the power a little bit. You're at home, I'm at home. You can see mm -hmm. my walls behind me, I can see your walls behind you. And it feels like they're not in my power zone. Like I'm at the clinic, it's my room, I decide when you come in and I, I have the you know, control. Here it does feel more equal. We're both having our cup of coffee at the same time and we're chatting. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I see the change in the way they ask me about my children. And they ask me, oh, you know, how's your daughter doing? And I feel they're more friendly. They're like being really? a bit more relatable. Because they see I'm in the same problem and they know my, my daughter actually happens to be a very young doctor. She's 24, but she's a doctor and she's working right in the COVID front line. So they're very concerned for her. They're like, is she okay? I know you're at home. Where is she? And, and I feel it's, it's, it's making relationships a bit more smooth. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, they feel they can be a bit more relaxed to tell me truly how they feel. I, I've broken barriers now. Do you feel that that's reciprocated though and that it allows you to be maybe a little bit more relaxed too and, and, and have that almost like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me, but it's like it gives you permission to almost maybe listen a little bit more, you know, closely, compassionately, whatever that is for you. Perspective. When, especially when I see, you know, some people, their children like throwing things around in the background in their house. And I'm thinking, this woman is frustrated. She can't, she doesn't know what to do. She's like, excuse me, let me just take this to my bedroom. Said, One minute, let me take, let me close the door. Because I can see what they're going through. It must be, it's crazy. They're not having this perfect time to come to my office away from everybody else. And it, it does, it gives me perspective. And I hear, hear their, you know, they feel like they're talking more for friend for both of us it's like in the olden days we used to do home visits and it used to give us a lot of perspective about people's lives God, that's we're, entering yeah. we're entering their homes virtually yeah it's it's like who would have thought it takes a pandemic to humanize yeah part of the human experience huh yeah uh, 
I want to ask you one more medicine question and then I want to shift to entrepreneurship because I, I think some of the, what you're doing entrepreneurially is so fascinating. Just for edification from the doctor who's out there practicing right now, what are maybe the three to five most important things that people can be doing to improve their health? And I ask that because obviously there's a lot of misinformation out there. There is a lot of opinions. There is a lot of you should do this with no medical basis bias or anything else to it. So what are you telling your patients? Because I imagine a lot of them are saying like, how can I, you know, protect myself? What can I do to minimize this? What are some things that all of us could be doing to give ourselves a booster immunity, prevent from getting sick? Well, I, I think uh, as always to boost your immunity, you have to reduce stress. So, you know, we, like we're all in it together. It's like somebody said, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat, right? Everybody has, so I think some stress reduction and reaching out when you need help. It's, it's okay, people, and people will get less stress if they help others. So, you know, being able to reach out and ask, ask somebody, you do two things, you get some help yourself and you're giving help to the person you're asking because they're able to give and giving reduces stress. So I think number one, I tell people, it's okay, reach out. You're reaching to me, you reach out to your family and your friends. Give them the joy of helping you because they want to. You want to help them. So help each other. And, and, and meditation, yoga, I'm, I'm a big believer in all that. But also, you know, not panicking. And social isolation truly is the key. Because if you're not sitting there and saying, I think I should get tested, I think I should get tested, it achieves nothing. Tested is an epidemiological national thing it doesn't really help the person who's getting tested if you're feeling okay stay at home only if you're actually not feeling well getting tested isn't like getting immunity for it so it's social isolation truly is the key and and get off facebook get off building reading every story and every version to spend time with your children how many just and i don't know if you can even answer this and if you can't that's totally okay but I, this is my own curiosity how People who are obsessively on Facebook, obsessively watching the news, obsessively downloading the doom, the gloom, the scary stuff in their mind, are you seeing an uptick at all in people who are, symptoms are becoming almost psychosomatic, they're imagining symptoms or they're, they're almost convincing themselves that they're having symptom expression because, you know, it's like, it's like if I, gosh, the example I think is, you know, if you imagine a spider crawling up your leg, your leg starts to tingle, right? Oh, and, psychosomatic it's all over it's 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 true it's like if you told me you've got an itchy scalp i'm gonna start itching my yeah. scalp it's, yeah it's, it, people are and then it's worry it's, it's worry it's overthinking it that's all you're thinking about dreaming about reading on the news you know you see the facebook's going to tell you the one rare symptom happening somewhere and now all of a sudden you've got that symptom yeah. that's it I could take a poll right now of, of people. I tell this to my patients in everyday life. I can go to the waiting room and take a poll. And by the end of the poll, everybody's got fibromyalgia and thyroid disease because the symptoms are so generic. Wow. Everybody's going to say, yeah, yeah I get, I've gained a bit of weight. Oh, yeah, I feel a bit tired. Yeah, I don't sleep that great either. Before you know, you've got a diagnosis. It doesn't work like that, you know? It has to be more targeted. Which is literally what every single headline is on the news and social media right now is, is, is saying that, oh, I, you know, coughing, sneezing, whatever it is, I feel tired, I feel achy, I feel this. And so it's really is like, I think that's so important to acknowledge, turn everything off, tune out of all the, the thing and tune into the stuff that's going to make you feel more relaxed, reduce stress, make you feel happier, whatever that is for you, that's not 
involved in the madness out there. Yeah, something to give you joy. Don't phone your friends just to whine about COVID and talk about how terrible thing is. You know, phone your friends just to tell them you love them and talk about something from last year you did together. That's cool. You know? I love that. What a, what a novel shift, right? But how important it is. I mean, all my Facebook posts have been hashtag before quarantine. So all happy things. That's it. Don't want to talk about any statistics, nothing negative. <laughs> I, I, one of my interviews we did recently, we were talking about scenarios and we were doing it and imagine scenario because they were, they were trying to run through this exercise, but so much of it was predicated on being able to go outside and experience. And so we were doing the disclaimer. Well, in imagine land before you could go outside, you know, remember a time when you could do this, it was fun. I want to shift gears though and talk a little bit about entrepreneurship because I, I didn't realize, first of all, I didn't realize there's such a big discrepancy in the generational gaps in medicine. But now saying that, I feel like having, collecting emails 10 years ahead of the curve to have yourself in position to do this, it, it requires a tremendous amount of foresight. Have you always had that foresight or is it some, is it a skill set you've developed? Because not only that, but then to be able to to pivot so quickly and launch a, the virtual piece of your business when a lot of people are trying to figure out, wait, what does even the new normal look like? And you've already launched this whole new endeavor. Have you always had that foresight into being able to see ahead of where a need would be, or is it something, a skill that you've developed? I, I think, Jesse, the thing is, is, is less having some magical foresight. I wish I did. It's more that I, I try to, which I, I find the way I really do find that I would be different from most doctors is, I try to not think of things from my point of view as a doctor, because it's a very ingrained set of view. We go to medical school and we're beaten into a certain person like the military. And we all come out being exactly the same, having the same mm -hmm. mindsets. And, and I'm gonna say this, a little entitled doctors and then a little bit arrogant and we, so I try to, to think of from another point of view. I think of if I wasn't a doctor, how would I see this world? Oh, you know, maybe you guys make too much money. Okay, point taken. Maybe you guys do this and maybe you guys don't listen. You know, maybe, maybe you guys are so in your own head, you know, things like that. So I always step outside and think of the other person's perspective, whether it's a cosmetic patient, a drug addict, somebody who wants medical marijuana. And then that gives me ideas on changing the way I'm doing things. So then it looks like it's revolutionary, but not really if you just ask the people who are having the service how they wanted it. Mm. So that, that's kind of like, it's a long-winded answer to a short question, but it's more that. And so in terms of, like for instance, I, I went to Moose Joe Saskatchewan as a doctor. I went for a locum, ended up staying there still three months, nine years from, from England. But everybody there is like, there's not enough doctors, there's not enough doctors. I'm thinking, I came from England, so why can't we get more from England? Then we went and got more doctors from England. All of a sudden, there were too many doctors. And here I'm like, well, there's physician assistants. Why don't we hire them? Things People seem to just think, I can't work more hours in the day. Stop outside, step outside, and think about a different solution. So they're working in their business or in their practice, not on their practice ever. Gosh, that's such an important distinction. I, it, that right there, how many people are in instead of Alan? How many people are problem-oriented instead of solution-oriented? That's right. Right? And it's like, if we could just make, I think those skill sets are so important in entrepreneurship, business, and in life in general. You know, most of our problems happen because we're seeking out problems and versus looking for solutions. Most of our challenges arise because we're focused on the can't versus the how can. 
we, we, we make statements versus asking questions, right? And as soon as we make the statement, we're killing off any sort of potential possibility afterwards when our very nature of our existence in this world, like the fact that we can, you know, you and I are 5,000 miles away right now and we're able to conference in high definition because people start asking questions like, well, how could we be more connected? How could we facilitate this process? How could we, versus if we didn't, we'd still be writing letters to each other, relying on forces to carry them across the thing and you'd get it six months from now. And the thing is, you see, you have to like uh, understand everything can't be perfect. And, and my biggest regret would be being 80 years old and thinking, I really wanted to do that and I didn't. So when I'm doing something new, which I'm always seems to be doing, you know, no, it doesn't always work out. Lots of times it doesn't work out. But now at least I know, A, I've probably learned something. And B, I'm never going to have to say I wanted to do that. And I didn't do it. I did it. And it mm. didn't work out. I didn't do it right. Or it wasn't the right time. Or I wasn't the right person. Or it just wasn't a good idea. You know? And, yeah. and so, it, all the, so anything I think of, I think, well, you know, not be stupid about it. But do it. So you don't regret not doing it. You might... Come with it. I mean, I tried the virtual thing and thought about it three or four years ago and obstructions came, obstructions came. So I put it on the back, back bench, you know, earned the, owned the name virtual MD for four years, didn't use it till a month ago. You see, right. the right time comes along and you think now's the time. Now, you know, Zoom is better, for instance, you know, Doxy and me is better. I mean, all those things that, that I had in my mind, but other people needed to play along and make better technology for me. But now it's here. So good. Now I can jump on board and do it. So it wasn't a pivot. It was a. It was. It wasn't an overnight success. It was like five years of not success, and suddenly thinking, "Let's do this now." Mm. What have you always been that way? In the sense of, uh, you know, try it because I don't want to have the regret. It's such mm -hmm. the opposite mentality of most people. Where it's, I would do it, but I'm afraid. Yes, I don't have that fear. You think you think your psychology is I don't want to regret. Right. That's your kind of. And I just want to acknowledge that because I think it's a really important distinction. A lot of us will usually make choices based off of, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be afraid, but you're in your choice system. It's, I don't want to miss out on, I don't want to regret. I don't want to look back and say, what if almost. That's right. That's right. And the thing is you, you never really fail because at the end of that, now you know what you shouldn't have done. So you've learned something. You always do win at the end of trying anything, you know, even dating the wrong person the end of it you think well now i know i'm not going to date that sort of person yeah. again. <laughs> so you always it's never a mistake it's moving forward in life when you stop doing that you're just stuck now and look at how much humanity's moved forward yeah like you said imagine thank god somebody uh, you know made internet thank god somebody didn't think no you know what ibm tried didn't work for them so i'm not going to try oh my god you know so it, it, apparently many people had tried before but then somebody came along at the right time, at the right place, with the right technology and the right people, and bang, we have this. Yeah. And so, and there'll be somebody else after me who will be in a better position and they'll learn from my mistakes. Great, I'll just be one of the people along the way to help the world get what it needs. <clears throat> Where do you see medicine as a profession having its biggest missing point right now? What is something that as a profession, especially for doctors who might be watching this and are looking to become more entrepreneurial and diversify what they're doing, what is it that they're not seeing right now? Where's the opportunity that, where's the opportunity that they need to look for? I think med, the, med, there's gonna be the big equalizer. 
This time and this technology is the big equalizer. I think doctors have to get off their high horse. Knowledge isn't really as important as connection because knowledge is at everybody's fingertips. You know, you can look up the dose of penicillin as quickly as I can. You know, it's not that difficult anymore. Before we were repositories of knowledge that we had to help you with. We're not really now. So now it's about communication and convincing you to do the right thing. You know, getting into your head a little bit and seeing your obstructions, mental and physical, and helping you get through them. So we're more kind of helping each other now. So I think a big opportunity in medicine is to get off your high horse and entitlement and get down to earth and we're more equal people and provide a service they want. Like we're no longer, you know, we can't just be this in control all the time. We have to, and patients understand too, that it's a very fluid environment. We don't know everything either and be open to, to saying that, that I will help you and I'll do the, I'm just your helper to help the, you find the right information and give you the best advice I can. Less paternalism, much less, much less. You know, I've had, I think I was sharing with you beforehand, at the time you and I are doing this interview, I've, I've interviewed almost 70 people now in the last month, across every single different industry you can imagine, legal, medical, finance, mortgage, healing, yoga, everything in between, all these different uh, teaching, education. And it's amazing that the one commonality amongst every single one of them is how important connection is going to be and how it's going to be carrying this even higher value before. And it's really interesting now because we have this you know, social distancing thing. And I've noticed it's what's been really incredible on social media was that you have the twice filtered three app use photos are disappearing. And now we're taking screenshots of our zoom with the weird lighting and everything like that. And people are really starting to talk about the, the lack of connection and how much of a, how much they miss it. And it's maybe just, maybe this makes us wake up and start to appreciate that who and what really matters most is what we've always had all along or had access to. And whether that's in our business, whether that's in our families, whether that's in our relationships, I think that's just such an incredible opportunity to look out with it. Yeah. I want to ask one more question before we wrap up here. There's a lot on the, a lot in the media, a lot about how medical professionals are frontline workers now. Stressed, overwhelmed, taking on a lot. I've even read some stories now out of New York and that talking about a couple of doctors or one doctor, one paramedic took their life because of it. It seemed, they knew I didn't say it right away. It's suggested in the language and that could just be how they're politicizing it. But I'm wondering, is there anything that we as a public can do to better support all of you? You know, how can we, how can we support you all and the work you're doing? How can we support you all mentally, emotionally, and, you know, like, I know you may not be frontline right now, but your daughter is. What are the things that we could all collectively do to better support the people who are out there on the front lines fighting this? That's a good question, really. I think, honestly, you know, deep inside, we go into medicine because we want to help people. And helping people means helping all of society. So really, most doctors will say the same thing. Just do the right thing and don't stay at home if, if that's what the public health message is and don't listen to a thousand different messages decide to trust just be like you know the anti-vaxxers and all that stuff i won't get into that don't be like that 
just be trusting. Like you, you have to trust somebody, right? There's a ship here that's about to sink. We have to trust somebody. Trust the captain. I mean, you know, it may not be right, but you've got to trust somebody. So, so the message would be, and doctors would be very happy if we didn't have everybody, including movie stars and athletes, and giving their own two cents worth. Just, just stop. Listen to the public health officer and do the right thing. We'll just be happy if we can get through this without too many people coming to harm. We don't need any praise. We don't need any yay, go, girl. We don't need that. We, we just need to go to do our job. Let us do our job. Like that's an, don't be an obstruction to people doing their job. Just, just, just stop. Everybody stop and wait. This will pass. Other things have passed and something good will come out of it. And we're doing great, actually. Every, all the countries are doing good now. I'm really happy that numbers are coming down in a lot of places. Awesome. Everyone, this is a good one to rewatch, re-listen, and take some notes to. Whether you are somebody who's concerned and has questions about COVID-19, or you are an entrepreneur, whether or not you're an entrepreneur in the medical field, there is so much wisdom here from just understanding basic psychology and how, what an impact it can make from being able to have that person-to-person feel, reducing the, the, the power position of being able to be in your homes, interact with people, how important connection is. You know, it's, it's increasingly, increasingly amazes me how that keeps coming back thematically in every single industry that we've talked about there. And those of you who've been watching this whole series, you hear that connection piece coming over and over again, which means that in your business, if you are not prioritizing connection right now, you are setting yourself up to be massively behind in whatever the new world is when we come along. And I mean, really, that should be one of your driving forces in everything you do. I think that there's some great practical advice here for staying healthy during this time, turning off the news, turning off social media, you know, being really diligent about where you're spending your time at and, and toning out everything else that's not serving you. Tune into the stuff that lifts you up, that empowers you, that makes you feel better, happy, joy. Feel that joy, find your joy, and then turn off everything else. Looking at ways to connect, to, to ask outside of the box questions. My goodness, instead of just assuming that you know all the answers, Put yourself in the position of the patients, the clients, the customers that you serve and ask yourself, what do you need? What would make your experience better? Who do you need to interact with? And those will give you so many empowering solutions to how you can grow your business, how you can better serve the people that you serve. Just the notion of asking questions instead of making statements. My goodness, what a difference that would make. And last but not least, you know, all of us are in this space where we hear, we're seeing these things on social media where they're we're, we're celebrating, we're clapping, we're all these types of things and people want to help. And the way you can help the most is honor the message that's been sending to you by your public health people. Stay home, stay out of the way, because what you'll do is you will empower doctors to do the work they need to do without causing any sort of collateral damage that then takes away from them being able to have the resources, the ability to serve the people who need to be served the most right now. Deepa, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing so generously your time, your expertise, your insight with us. What a blessing this has been. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Lovely talking to you. Absolutely. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you are finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to